0: Hello there and welcome to Pivotal Film. I'm Tom Nolan. And I'm
1: Mario Ponzio. and we're back after what, a month? Two months? No, it's about a month. It's about a month, okay. We're we're on like a month a monthly basis now. It's good. It's good to know. But we're gonna have two episodes, which is nice. We're gonna
0: we're gonna try. We're gonna we're gonna try to get some out. How how have things been for you? They've been complicated, but also good. Yeah. How have things have been for you.
1: You know a celebrity death hit me this week. Norm McDonald. I didn't expect oh, it to hit yeah. me, but it hit me. I've been watching a lot of I'm glad to see a lot of Norm McDonald clips pop up, but that's really been a gut
0: punch. Now, did you not know he had cancer?
1: No, nobody did. It was it was a completely like under the radar thing that Norm McDonald did. Hmm. Which also like led to like one of his greatest bits, which is I I assume I think his special was the year after he got probably diagnosed with cancer because he mm. had a 9-year battle. Or sorry, a 9-year incidents with um cancer where he talks about like a battle with cancer like he makes this really good joke with the battle of cancer and says uh-huh. like you know you never lose your battle with cancer it's always just like a tie in the end And it's <laughs> i like listen to it like compared to like the moth joke or whatever it's fine but like this is like one of the better like jokes mm-hmm. i've heard and i don't know i just it really bummed me out i i norm macdonald kind of like i would say a mixture of like norm macdonald um, Phil Hartman um, and somebody like Chris O'Dowd kind of like set the tone mm. for like my humor hmm. and so I was kind of I was bummed out um, I
0: definitely agree with the Norm Macdonald thing I remember like and I even when I was in my own house like alone I always felt like I was the only Everything he said, I was like, this is the best thing I've ever heard, and I wish that I could say awesome stuff like this all the time. Yeah. But like, you know, we're not all Norm MacDonald's. We don't we're not all brave enough to just say like well, it's, I mean, the it's, exact, I mean, perfectly dry, but totally cutting it's, thing. It's not,
1: even, it's not even being brave enough to say it. It's having the timing. Mm. His like, he said some horrific shit, like, in his comedy. Like, where he, his running joke about, like, Bill Cosby, the worst thing is in the hypocrisy, the worst thing is the raping, was just a, like, it's a bad joke, right? But his timing <laughs> on that joke was pitch perfect.
0: Well, and just you saying that, like, I can, I don't have to think about it. I can, tra- yeah. it's like translating in my mind, like, Norm MacDonald's voice delivering that line. It's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's
1: the best. Like, it's like the best. To have that. That tone to have that, like, control of comedy is just so rare.
0: Yeah. No, that's – it didn't hit me because it's – me and celebrity deaths are
1: – I don't know. I, I feel bad when they, like, come out of nowhere. Um, I mean, I, yeah, usually I'm the same way. Like, but, um, so, like so Brody Ch- Lee, a wrestler, was, like, the last one really hit me from last year. Before that was, like, Leslie Nielsen. And that didn't really hit me that hard because he was an old, old man. Yeah. But,
0: I mean, the, I, mean it's, I think the, clo- the Chadwick Boseman thing, I think, is, is hard. The Michael yeah. C. Williams, or Michael K. Williams was also, um, I mean, I didn't watch The Wire, but it seemed like he meant a lot to a lot of people. and He, he was know, a great actor. And he yeah. died very suddenly, and he just got robbed of his Emmy last night. Um, his. Uh, I, did not, I did not watch the Emmys.
1: So. Well, we watched the Emmys because there's a lot of stuff that we like. I saw Kate Winslet one, and I was happy about that.
0: Yeah, I was less than happy about it. Be- only because as the night went on and more and more
1: white people kept winning, and I was like, uh, all, right, all, right, all right, like I- the Emmys the Emmys are twenty years behind the rest of the. Culture. Well, I think they're twenty. 20
0: I think the problem is that it's different than movies in the sense that like everybody watched the same shows, and so all the shows that everybody watched and were just like I'm obsessed with this show, is mm. the stuff that won Emmys. So Queens Gambit and Town and The Crown and Ted Lasso. Yeah, there was a lot of The Crown. That I don't. I don't get I don't it. I don't get it. Yeah. I mean, I don't... Who cares? Yeah. That's the problem that I'm going to have, Mario, when that stupid Spencer movie comes out, is that I don't fucking care.
1: The uh, Kristen yeah. Stewart one. Also, speaking of which, next Tuesday, what are you doing, Tom? I don't know. Do you want to go to Jacob Burns? For what? The Souvenir Part 2. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I forgot that. Me- yeah, I, yeah, I really forgot about it us. until I was like looking at the New York Film Festival. I'll look into it and I just was like oh my god The Souvenir Part 2 I forgot that happened pre-COVID well there's and there's speaking um, of white people movies yeah yeah um, yeah I'll look into it well because I really
0: like The Souvenir 2 I remember when I heard that they were making another one and it was just going to be focused on like the aftermath and like like, and I was like why why would you do this and you know what's funny I feel like there's a lot of people writing like well this seems gratuitous now like this seems really like narcissistic and gross and I think I guess the movie's it's supposed to be like okay. I, I haven't seen any of the reviews for it. I didn't. I've read a review. I just remember like when it played at a festival, mm-hmm. and they were just like, "And this like, a re- like, like a festival curiosity like two thing ago. came out," and I was like, "Oh, yeah, we didn't need that. Nobody, nobody needed that at all." Um,
1: yeah. Speaking of white people things, <laughs> uh, you know. We used to do beers on this podcast, and I decided because it's September, mm-hmm. pumpkin beers and Oktoberfest beers. That's our that was our thing. That was like our big thing. That right? That was our jam.
0: Oh, look at this! So and, that uh, hanging
1: something. hills, Hartford. Love them. Your favorite IPA, comes absolutely. From hills. This is pumpkin. The beer. I literally went to the liquor store today. And I was like, I just need a pumpkin beer. All right, Oktoberfest. And I saw this. and I was like, this is perfect. Uh, it is a smoked pumpkin. Smoked Doppel it's a smoked twice. Doppelbach? Yeah, Doppelbach lager beer. Why does it say smoked twice? Like it's super smoked, I guess.
0: Maybe is Doppelbach pumpkin?
1: Doppelbach is usually a smoked beer in general. So I don't Ooh. know why I had to say smoked Doppelbach. Well but it did. I'm assuming this is gonna be a lot of smoked flavors. Oh, you haven't tried I've I've never. I've, I mean you I've, took a sip earlier. Yeah, That's all I it is. Yeah. That is not as smoky as I expected. But it's smoky,
0: and I didn't look at the can when I took a sip of it, and I was like, "Oh, oh what is that? that?"
1: Finish is smoky though. Actually, that finishes like um, it finishes almost like a scotch. It finishes it like much, a peaty yeah. taste, yeah, and it
0: finishes much smoother than it
1: starts. I, I, I disagree. That, oh, you think? I think, I think it's, it's a it's, rough it's, forward, and then like as I think it's you're really done. sweet in the the forefront, so it is kind of rough, but it finishes too smoky.
0: No, no, I like that, the smoky finish. I think it's finish. unpleasant.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I, don't I usually like Hanging Hills, but this one is... When uh, well, when we are done with that, my... there's some all-day IPA in the, my little bag. I have some egg tomorrow. There, there, there you
0: here. go. We have the same beer. Um, the Just Ugh. the standby IPA that's always in the
1: fridge. <laughs> Gotta have it. Um, Speaking... What are we starting, are we starting well, with? We'll start, we'll start with... So, originally, we had a plan to... Um, you know, this is kind of a... Grab bag episode Unfortunately Tom and I only <laughs> Crossed paths in one movie um, I planned to see Card counter I just didn't get around to it mm-hmm. I apologize I'm really bad at this <laughs> Podcast reviewing thing but We'll start with uh, We'll start with my movie Okay Because okay. it's fun um, You know well, the, the Vacation friends <laughs> Oh There they are
0: Ladies and gentlemen The bride and groom to be Emily and Marcus what the hell is that? You son of a bitch! You said we were best friends.
1: Yeah, it's like fucked up. What are you two doing here? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God!
0: Excuse me, this is a private event. Oh, it's cool. We know the bride and We met these two animals down in Mexico. <laughs> 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 Why does the salt not taste salty? Oh, because it's cocaine. What? We actually brought it from home. Very, very easy if you ever want to try it. It's just a Ziploc and a full shampoo bottle.
1: And it's so much more comfortable than when I had it in my ass. Mm. Uh, so Marcus, played by Rail Howry and Emily are going to get engaged on a... Mexican vacation. Things go awry, um, for various reasons. And they, uh end up together with Ron and Kyla. Ron, played by John Cena, who's proving himself to be a really solid comedic actor in the 2020s. Um, they have a kind of rough, crazy vacation together. Uh-huh. Uh, and then, uh, you know, Marcus and Emily go off and go back to their lives because they're good middle-class people who just have their lives together together. Ron and Kyla really don't. <laughs> they're basically, you know, Idaho people. They're, I don't think they're from Idaho, but I I'm going to call them don't. Idaho people.
0: Why could they not get into an ER because of...
1: <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, Eventually, like during their actual wedding, uh, Marcus and Emily are bestowed upon by Ron and Kyla again, mm. and hijinks ensue. That's the movie. That's that's the extent. What kind of, of hijinks? Just, just fun... Hijinks, some acid dropping during golf That's and hunting. Good. Um, do they mix some acid golf and hunting? <laughs> they do. The, the hunting and the acid does happen together. Honest. Oh, nice. uh, I really enjoyed this film. Uh-huh. Um, in the same way that I liked uh, was a Barb and Marge go to Delovista Vista. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, it it is it has a solid heart to it. Mm -hmm. Um, it is never mean. And I'm really happy about like this new trend in comedy about not being mean. Mm. It is like, everyone has the best interest in heart. Sometimes like the, you know, sometimes like Marcus is a little, you know, Mm no, but ultimately like everybody has the best interest in mind. And this comedy kind of works for me. Mm -hmm. Um, Everyone's working kind of on all cylinders. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fun. It, this is the worst review I could ever do, but well, it's, it's one just, of those broad comedies. It's like anything. there's not anything a lot dig to into. say. There's nothing to dig into. It's it just it works in what it's doing. It is kind of like a polite comedy. It uh-huh. is a earnest comedy, and it is, is a lot of fun to watch.
0: Is it? I mean, so this debuted on Who? This is a Who right? film, yes. So, I think one of the things that I think we're gonna talk about later in the in the podcast is the idea of kind of um things kind of having their perfect homes, so the movie that' we're, we that crossed over oh God, I can't even fucking imagine going to see that
1: in a movie. theater. I can't even imagine it having any reason to it exist it like
0: the per- I guess so, but it also seems like the perfect kind of like streaming service just fluff like we got this you know we got a movie by this big director by this famous person and we're gonna ride it and we're gonna like advertise it and like try to get a like a couple of new subscribers out of it and i don't think vacation friends doesn't sound like that type, level of like you know please come and get hulu so you can watch this john cena movie but is it one of those things that when no, you it's, watch it's it like, you're like, like yes it's this like one is of those perfect.
1: it's one of those things where you you tune into hulu you're watching a couple of Atlanta episodes Suddenly you're done with the Atlanta, you don't know what else to do. You have a couple of hours left before you're going to go to bed, and it's the perfect movie there. Yes, it's like and a you suggestion. don't feel bad. But it's it's, it's not like a, a tentpole. It doesn't suggest itself as a tentpole, mm-hmm. but it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And it's it's something that makes you go, like, when you're thinking about getting rid of Hulu mm-hmm. in the future, you're like, but they gave us this. And they drop stuff like that. Yeah. Hulu actually d- is pretty good about, like... Well, they give us neon films, which are super great. Right. And they give and us... And they give you
0: pretty good, pretty fun... Pretty fun stuff. Yeah. That you don't feel bad about. the
1: inoffensive, just fun films. I mean,
0: we had a conversation about Palm Springs when it came out, and I, we, I don't this think isn't either of us loved that movie, no, but it was vein, a good though, time. Like, it was fine. It's a good
1: time. Like, the reason my description of this movie has kind of fallen off is I was like, I was drinking a little when I watched it, but I had a lot of fun when I watched it. Yeah. And I was just... That's it. I but, don't remember it, but I remember that I had a good time with it. But
0: that's what there's nothing else that it should be. Yeah. And I think this is one of the things that's problematic about like the culture the movie culture today is like they don't really make really broad comedies like this. Um, I was listening to a podcast they were talking about like two thousand four movies and like all these really good broad comedies that came out in two thousand four. It's like, yeah,
1: those don't, so that's, those that's those don't exist anymore. That's the thing, when I was watching this, the thing that it struck me it's not nearly as good of a movie, but it, it it connected with me on the same level that Eurotrip did. Mm, in yeah. the sense that it's just like, it's a lot of fun. Every, of the four leads work so well together. Mm-hmm. Um, Yvonne Orji is like doing like what Issa Rae wanted to do in Lovebirds. Oh, I mean, man. Issa Rae is fucking amazing. Yeah, But Lovebirds is just like a failure on multiple levels. Well,
0: as we've seen, Michael Showalter fucking stinks. Yeah, I mean, as I, the I, I, reviews I, for
1: Eyes of Tammy Faye have said, <laughs> this movie
0: is all Jessica Chastain's face. Who the hell directed this? <laughs> that's, that's like the big takeaway.
1: But like those four leads together um and Robert Wisdom playing Harold like um Emily's uh, Yvonne, Orgy's father just mm-hmm. they work so well together. Everyone's so charismatic together. It's just like a lot. It's it's basically watching like the favorite episode of a, of your of a sitcom mm-hmm. that has been expanded out to 100 minutes. Good. And
0: yeah. Yeah, I'll get to it. It's it, that's like the kind of perfect movie for just like I don't know what to watch, but I would really kind of like to laugh. Like it's just yeah, a bad mood, like some it's of the perfect
1: bad mood movie.
0: And I think that that's actually a pretty good transition I think to talking about like the other um the next movie um which I think is in the same vein. It seems very inessential, but when you're watching it you don't feel bad that you watched it um and hmm to think if there's any other like ways to describe it and I, I don't think there is and i guess we'll get into that and uh we're talking about the new mcu movie this is the 25th i guess mcu movie directed by um destin daniel Cretton, uh shang chi the legend of the ten rings
1: i told my men they wouldn't be able to kill you if they tried <laughs> That's right. He's just a criminal who murders people.
0: Be careful how you speak to me, boy.
1: I thought I could change my name. Start a new life. But I could never escape his shadow. My son. You can't run
0: from your past.
1: Is this what you wanted? You got this. Thank you. Left foot. Right hook.
0: So, um, Simu Lu, um, who I guess is in a show called Kim's Convenience, which I've heard of.
1: I've like, heard never a lot seen. of things about it, but I've never seen it. It's a Netflix
0: show? I don't know. Was it I,
1: it's CBC? Canadian. I think, I think it was a CBC show. So maybe it is. Maybe it was part of like it's the Shits like Creek yeah. package or whatever.
0: Um, plays Shang-Chi, and he, uh, his dad is, uh, the Mandarin or Wen Wu, and he's played by the absolutely fantastic Tony Leong, and, um, and Tony Liang's character needs these two um, these two jewels that Shang Chi and his sister uh uh Zhu Zhilang um she gave to them before she died because he needs to find um her secret village, Tao Lo, which is hidden in the woods. Um and he needs to find it, and he uses these two. He needs these two medallions. He finds it, and he, and, and Shang Chi ran away from his dad because his dad trained him to be an assassin when he was fourteen years old, um, and he's been hiding out. And now his dad needs him because his dad's gonna bring his mother back to life by opening up this secret gate, and uh, and so Shang Chi doesn't want to do that, and so he fights with his dad, and then there's Aquafina, and she's Katie. And she's playing the Aquafina role, which is becoming like a legitimate thing in movies now. Like, is that problematic though? I don't. If it's not for her, it's not for me because she's perfect. Like, she adds, she adds a perfect level. As we know, she she could do serious stuff because from the farewell, um, she adds a perfect level of like serious funniness. Yeah, like second, she always seems heavily invested in what she's doing while simultaneously being really funny. The
1: second I learned she wasn't the like the love interest in this, I was like, oh man, she can like typecast. Things. No, they're
0: turning her into an MCU character. That's okay. the thing. So at the end of this movie, there's a thing, and I guess I won't spoil it because I don't have to um um where, you know, they bring both of them in. He's like, You too. Like yeah, the person Got I'm it. talking about is like, you know, we need both of you. And she kind of learns the skill and maybe she'll apply that, that long? In the future? Yeah.
1: There you go. Maybe she'll... Somebody who hasn't watched the movie, yeah. I'm like, I'm guessing it's just a long... I've seen enough this. things, yeah.
0: Um, she'll apply that trade in some kind of thing. Um, there's a lot of Easter egg stuff. There's a lot of really good action in this movie. There's a point in this in this movie where it turns into a Pokemon movie, which I think is really weird when they find Tao Lo, and there's all
1: these like um, mythical creatures and stuff, but it's staged like a Disney well, see, thing. The, th- the criticism, having not seen it, I yeah. heard is that... The action in the first half of the movie is great because it's it has a kung fu action style. Yep. And then when the villain, quote unquote, the actual villain, not the Mandarin villain, is exposed, it becomes too MCU-ish. Oh, God, and yeah. And it kind of falls oh, off yeah. a cliff. Oh,
0: super. It doesn't fall on a, off a cliff because it literally falls into a lake. And then explodes with some kind of anonymous light while Shang-Chi does some things
1: while falling forever with his hands. So is that is that is that really ruining Totally fair, the experience? which is exact it didn't ruin the not experience. Not ruining experience, but like no. diminishes it. Because I it's the say. exact
0: same thing that you kind of described as in um uh, vacation, vacation Friends. It is while you're watching it, you're like, This is sad. this is very satisfying. In terms of like its MCU-ness, if you go into these MCU movies thinking they're not gonna do that, you're fucking yourself. Because they <laughs> do it in everything. Every single MCU anything ends the exact same way. To that point, though, I think a lot of you It's got a really good Rotten Tomatoes rating. Um, I think when they rank... I've heard, I've heard great things about Tony Leung. Uh, Tony Leung's very good. He's not asked to do a ton. But there are these great moments where he's,
1: like, uh, getting emotional. And you can fucking feel it. Well, I remember you saying when you, before you saw this film that he could be a potential... Oscar. I think he might be because this year
0: seems so bizarre... And I think it's one of those. And this happens to these happens to like classic actors sometimes, where they'll be in a they'll be in a thing that like hits America just the right way, yeah. and then the Oscars are like, "You've never had one of these. Here's a here's a nomination." And this movie's
1: made a shit ton of money. Shit ton of money. It's, it's led the first the box. movie that's made like a shit ton of money since right. the pandemic, so.
0: um, or in the one that like has made a shit ton of money that feels like it can make more money. Yeah. Um. It's it's won the last three weekends. Um pretty handily Um, it's going to eclipse black widow like probably today it eclipsed black widow Um, but it's it's when you rank it when you stack it up against the other the quality of other marvel movies it falls somewhere right in the middle it's not breaking new ground but it's also not falling behind. I think one of the weird things about the Black Widow movie is that it felt like it was going backwards a little bit, not because it went backwards in time, but because they had this interesting idea and they had this character that they were going to say goodbye to, and they just decided to make like a very standard issue Marvel movie and make Did it. In, they? I think so, especially with the ending
1: they're just kind well, the of, end I'd say the last like act that that film does, but like the first two thirds of that film are unique
0: um. Yeah, they're they're unique, but like not in a way that I think is unique to I guess it's unique to the MCU in the sense that I think it's all character based yeah, that's and right. stuff like that. But I think it falls backwards in the sense that it doesn't it still doesn't develop a character for yeah. Natasha. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, You know what I mean? And I think what's really interesting about this Shang Chi thing is that they're setting him up from the beginning. He doesn't have like a ton to do and his 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 character arc is very rote. Like from an or you know a superhero origin story um but they've set it up so like you will learn more about this person like we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna give it to you like he's an open book, we can kind of do anything we want with him, we can put him in all sorts of different stuff, and his history is so extensive um and because of the Tony young connection um it makes his backstory seem super powerful mm. and super like valid and um as hard as it they want us to believe that it was because he's every time Tony Leung is on screen, you can feel it like in most of the people I'm going to assume I saw it in a a completely full theater. Most of the people that I saw it with probably don't have any idea who he is, but they definitely knew that this guy was somebody when they showed his face because he was doing stuff and Michelle Yeoh too. when she shows up as the aunt of um, Shang-Chi and his sister. Um, they both are just like, we know what we're doing, now, and we're going to command this stuff.
1: How uh, does Simu Liu S- 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 do, like in presence of that? Though, like in Tony Young's kind of like just this,
0: he gets kind of presence. eaten up. Okay. But when he's not doing that stuff, he holds his own pretty well. He's a pretty solid character. I'm not sure he's a great actor, but I don't think they need him to be. He's a good presence. I think okay. he has a pretty good presence. He yeah. feels very solid. he feels very knowledgeable. he is charismatic. Like, he's that's charismatic, what but he fights charismatically. So like the first the, bu- the scene that everyone talks about is the bus scene, and he fucking owns that shit because that's just him on a bus with a guy with like a sword on his or a razor fist, I guess he's called.
1: Well, um, it's just like a kung- fu action but scene but he no, it's owns like a that super but
0: it, he you know what's be- so remember old Jackie Chan movies when like Jackie in Chan- the Bronx?: Sure oh, I yeah. love fucking Rumble in the Bronx. Um, where the Jackie Chan's personality was, you know, when he talked, he was a little goofy and all this other stuff. But his personality really came through in his fighting. Yeah, he does stuff in that bus scene that you're like, that's who, that's that's a guy. Like, yeah. I kind of get this guy. He's like, like doing some kind of twirls that don't look CGI. So I'm gonna guess. And so I guess one of the problems with this movie is that some of the CGI looks a little CGI, mm-hmm. like early Thor stuff, where like all of a sudden Loki's like ten feet long. Um but yeah so in that bus scene he seems like he's actually doing um some of the stuff like twirling like in between the rails and stuff. Yeah. Um and so it's 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 good. It's not like I said it's not it's not killer. I mean I think you I mean it you, I know people have a lot of good feelings about it and I'm really happy for them but I think when you see it I would not be surprised if you kind of feel the same way that I do. It kind of bums me out like Tony Leong kind of stealing the movie with his presence is one thing it, kind of, it bummed me out a little bit even though he was funny when um Ben Kingsley kind of slides in there yeah. and like starts legitimately stealing parts of the movie um because he's acting with um people that aren't Ben Kingsley uh, so he's like he tells a story about Planet of the Apes and like as a boy like he thought Planet of the Apes were like real apes playing like Trevor like yeah absolutely yeah. yeah um and, but that's that. It was one of those things that, like, I know they kind of needed to do because they needed to bring the ten rings from Iron Man, the original, you know, the original yeah, Iron, the stuff Iron Man stuff, and this together. Um, but it, it's it, you wanted that stuff to kind of. He actually. It reminds me of ton of. Um, what's the guy's name in Black Panther? The Sherlock uh, um, guy. What's his name? Frost. No, uh, Martin his, Freeman. Martin Freeman. It, actually, it reminded me a lot of when, like, Martin Freeman shows up in Black Panther and just like, <sighs> It's
1: like, get like, out of here. Just go yeah. away.
0: I mean, I th- they use him cool, and he is super deferential to, like, the Wakandans. So that's, like, it's, that's fine. But it, it felt the same way to me. Like, why can't, like, you just let, why can't Marvel just
1: let well, a, people that's a, have That's this the way. thing I was wondering, because, like, um, Destin Daniel Creighton kind of did a good job with, like, his, like, side characters. Mm-hmm. Like he did with um you know, keep Stanfield and um John Gallagher jr in short term twelve sure like he even it's, made it's Rami it's Malek seem
0: like an actor instead of just <laughs> oh, right, right, garbage
1: in that right I forgot he's in that. but he's
0: acting like himself, but the way that Dustin L Cretton didn't kind of uh. Like navigated his terribleness, made it seem like his character was actually like that. So is he does
1: is he like do a successful job
0: here? I think he does. I think he is. I think he does a pretty good job of. But again, you're not gonna see most of these characters again. Like, I think yeah, Shang Chi's sure. sister is gonna be. I think they're setting her up for a Disney Plus TV role. Like, so like the the Ten Rings will be a a, a heavy Disney Plus thing because she's gonna take over the. Maybe
1: Stanfield will pop up against her.
0: Yeah, I mean, she probably will. She'd probably be the villain in, like, the West Coast Avengers, like, show that they inevitably make. Um, and I guess we could talk about the trailer for Hawkeye, which looks kind of amazing. If you, <laughs> I mean, it looks like a lot of fun. It looks um, like fun, yeah. But it's but I think it's it's par for the course. I think Marvel is doing a pretty good job of keeping this stuff when they're when they have the ability to of keeping this stuff focused and entertaining. So I think it stands in. Re- I think a lot of this stuff stands in really stark contrast to something like Falcon Winter Soldier, which is not fun at all. Like in the, I think they built a whole show around the idea that like they were gonna Bucky and and. Um, uh, What's Anthony Mackie's character's name?
1: Oh, uh, fuck! What is his character's name? Falcon. I don't remember.
0: I remember, but the, they sold the whole thing on the idea that like those two are like, you know, an odd couple type pairing, and they are they have a little bit of that in the show, but it's not fun. This movie is uh, this movie is a good fucking time. From a quality standpoint, it's Sam like... Sam Wilson. Sam, yeah, fuck. I wanted to say Stan the whole time.
1: <laughs> Stan. Uh, Stan, <laughs> Stan Wilson. Wilson.
0: Um. Um, quality-wise, it Sebastian hovers right. Stan. yeah, maybe that's why. <laughs> yeah. quality-wise, it hovers right in the middle. But from a fun standpoint, it kicks. It it.
1: It's a home run. I mean, and they're they they keep. So from an origin standpoint, it like it's great. really leads. It really yeah, it's better
0: it than it's because it's so. This is the thing. that's so like I, comparison.
1: Compare it to like yes. a movie. Go. I think both of us like Captain Marvel. How's it compare? Better. Because yeah. Captain Marvel, we, is, we both like Captain yep,
0: Marvel. Yep. But again, so Captain Marvel, I came to after I committed myself to enjoying these things more. Yeah. I think, or, like
1: Endgame, yeah,
0: yeah. Um, and so I, or I didn't come into it after it. I think Captain Marvel was like the thing that kind of put it in my head, and then I was comparing my reaction to Endgame to my reaction to Captain Marvel, and being like, you could feel that way about all of this stuff, the way you feel about Captain Marvel. Here's the thing about Captain Marvel: Captain Marvel doesn't have any kind of aesthetic. Shang-Chi has a, um, an emotional and uh, a, um, Got it. artistic aesthetic. So it's not as good as Black Panther or Ragnarok
1: or Iron oh. Man 3 or um, Black The Guardians. Is, Black Panther is the only one you can like literally compare it to for, from like an origin basis. No, no,
0: but I'm just thinking of like the best Marvel movies. The, the okay. best Marvel movies are the ones that function um, within their own aesthetic. And it, it does that. Um, like the Spider-Man movies, like the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, like the ones I kind of mm-hmm. mentioned, that like they are their own unique, their their own unique little property. C- Captain Marvel isn't. Captain Marvel is just kind of boiler whatever point. It's, it's boilerplate. Yeah. yeah. Um. It's a,
1: it's a well done boilerplate. Sure, point, but it's, it's a good time. It's but
0: it's not. But it's not. Um. It's 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 not taking any kind of. It's not trying to establish anything other than like the origin story. Yeah. In this, they were trying to establish uh, mythology, and I think they did a pretty good. They didn't, It's not perfect. But they did a pretty good job of it. And um, and anything that it gets, any any, um, everything seems very earned. The emotions seemed earned. The ending for what you know, however marvelly and just a really gross kind of CGI mishmash it is, um,
1: you know, the, I, heard, the, I heard there's a kaiju bat. The that's mix all, of that's dry- all I know about it. Well, and so.
0: There's, like, you know, you can analyze, like, what that really is supposed to be and, and stuff. Um, but was so there, like,
1: a Fin Fan Fong or whatever? Well, they,
0: yeah. So the thing is they don't use Fing Fang Foom anymore because Fing, it's Fang, part Fing. of the larger, uh, like, got it. very anti-Asian thing that Shang-Chi came out of. So, like, the Fu Manchu and, like... Um, so they're not going to do Fing Fang
1: Foom. Like that a, was that's Fing Fang Foom. That's a big villain, though. Like, that's fun.
0: Right. But that's why I think they're going to use him as they're gonna use Shang-Chi as a kind of um, launching Point. He'll for go into stuff. other things. Yeah, yeah, Like he'll kind of come in and out of other projects and you know, we'll see we'll see what happens. Um but I think they established that he can do something like that. I think he's the movies version of Iron Fist. And they wasted Iron Fist on that Netflix shit.
1: Um well they admit that I think they admit that now. Right.
0: um and I think Shang Chi is going to become um Iron Fist like he's going to become the Iron Fist character so he will be like a spiritual like not the um Doctor Strange kind of spirituality but a more um organic spirituality or he'll be the he'll be the the purveyor of that mm. in these movies going forward I think um, it. it would not surprise me if they would stick Shang-Chi inside of an Iron Fist style um one of the Iron Fist narratives in, like, the second movie. Yeah. Um, that would not surprise me. Because they kind of, they overlap. Um, a movie,
1: Mario. That is very similar to Shang-Chi. Just <laughs> in its color palette. <laughs> um, this is the one I feel bad about. I feel like shit about not saying this.
0: But, well, so it's, the beauty of this podcast, Mario, is that it no longer matters. So we're no longer adherent to, like, any kind of rules that we it's set true. up.
1: People, people listen to us now for us. It's so weird. But we can like have. 30 this. people that are listening to us are listening to
0: us. I can have this really vague conversation that I'm about to have, and then we can take it up again, like, when it comes on demand in, like, I'm, two I'm really, weeks. I'm really
1: excited to drop a director's name that everyone is saying about this movie, yeah. just to see your reaction.
0: And the movie that we're talking about is Paul Schrader's um, new. I mean, I hope there's, there's got to be a word in German. That's, like, one of those words that's, like, a sentence. Schroden Canyon. Something. Something crazy (laughs) that, like, describes what the hell he's been doing.
1: like, three reviews I've listened to have all said one director's name, and I'm like, this can't be true. And I'm very excited to dump it on
0: We're talking about uh, The Card Counter. Having been sentenced to ten years in prison, I learned to count cards. How'd you do that? Brokers all about waiting. Check, raise, re-raise, call. Then something happens. You remember it? Huh?
1: This is where all the good stuff happens.
0: They made you the fall guy. You need to back off.
1: You've been around him. He's a mystery. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. This is how it starts Just a fleeting thought You might want a piece of what I'm gonna do Then it builds well, what is that? Set things straight
0: It doesn't matter to me if you did something bad in your past
1: Nothing We are each responsible for our
0: own actions. You know the phrase tilt, just like a pinball.
1: Any man can tilt.
0: You can tilt. Is it possible to know when one reaches the limit?
1: You have to be the strangest poker player I ever met. Oh, you have no idea. Mm.
0: so the card counter um, is the the titular card counter is Oscar Isaac um, he plays William Tell William Tell um, Doesn't have a it's a pseudonym head, pseudonym right. and he was uh, at uh, he was a, a US military he was at Abu Ghraib and he uh, learned the trade of uh, torture um, at the hand of uh John Gordo played by the impeccably mustachioed uh Willem Dafoe. Great mustache. You don't even he doesn't even need it, but it's there. Willem Defoe doesn't need anything. Um he went to jail for eight and a half years, uh
1: uh military prison. characters,
0: military yeah. prison. Um for, you know, torture and Obligate. all that other yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. more so, of these? No I'm good. Okay. Um Thank you. Not, I think it's raspberry juice. No? I don't know what that is. Oh, it's like the part of a bag for a clemen, clementines. Um, <laughs> this is like a red thing um, When he gets out, he decides he's going to be a uh, gambler. And he gambles for low stakes and he moves around all the time and he's not backed by a sponsor. Um, and he does this really awesome thing with his rooms when he stays in hotels, which I won't mention. Um, not for you as much as, like, just anyone that's listening. No, but I know, I
1: know what he does. But but it's
0: fucking, when you see it, you're just like, I don't get it. That's crazy. But it's, the way that they shoot it is awesome. Um, he eventually takes up. He uh, uh, is at a, a a hotel, a casino. He's gonna be playing some cards there, and he stumbles upon a uh, a um, in Atlantic City. Right? I don't know if it's Atlantic City. They move around like the East Coast. I thought it might be Delaware. But it's not, it's but, not Vegas. Right? No, 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 no. So yeah. that's one of the things is that like he tries to. It seems like he eschews all of those major cities and tries to hit like smaller casino. He like plays it. for small stakes. He really just try, wants to like fit in playing poker and playing blackjack and, like, roulette and stuff is um, really a part of a kind of um, prison he's kind of putting himself inside. And it seems like he just plays for enough money to move to wherever he's that going next. Sort of thing, yeah. Or he plays for money until, like, people start to notice him and then he just goes away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At one of these places, he goes... Uh, there. There's, a, like, a, uh, a, a, a police officers or something convention and, and Gord, Major John Gordo is speaking there and he goes and sits in and he's having some feelings and he meets this stupid asshole named Kirk with a C, played terribly by Ty Sheridan. Ty Sheridan fucking stinks. That's that's enough with the Ty Sheridan. Um, I don't
1: know why he cast him. I have no idea. Maybe he was available. I mean, mean, he cast cast James Dean in the canyon, so... But that was... He likes likes a try. But he was also
0: making that with Bredys Ellis, and Bredys Ellis is obsessed with James Mm -hmm. Dean, so I'm assuming that had something to do with it. Um... Maybe Ty Sheridan's not as bad an actor as like he is in this movie, trying to act against Oscar Isaac, who is like going deeper than like emotionally than he did in inside Lewin Davis. Like hmm.
1: he's just like a really? fucking raw nerve. You're saying that. Wow.
0: I mean, I think that the inside Lewin Davis performance is it's much more nuanced. No, it's, yeah, yeah. This is like he's just a naked fucking nerve just waiting to be poked at so he can just do some poking. And yeah, yeah. If you, when you see it, you'll know what I mean by the end of the movie.
1: Um, All movies should be on demand now, he, guys. Oh, it will be.
0: I mean, that's a larger conversation that we can talk about. Like, maybe when we do our next episode, because I feel like that's one of these situations where like, it benefited. Yeah, it was like a super benefit. Um, he takes up with this guy, Kirk, whose father was also at Abu Ghraib, and he's planning... He wants to kidnap Gordo, and he wants to torture him punish him because his dad beat him and beat his mother and then killed himself and all this other shit. Um, Tiffany Haddish is in this movie. She plays this woman named Lalinda and she is um, a stable manager of, of professional poker players. And so she works for people that back professional poker players. And there's, there's, you know, it's interest and blah blah blah. She's fine. She's interesting. I've,
1: I've heard she's fine. But so I've heard
0: when they're serious. together. It's really good. Yeah, that's why. And I've heard. when she's kind of, when he's not there, it almost seems like all the air has been let out of her because she has a couple of scenes where she's acting against Ty Sheridan, and you're just like, none of this oh, is working I mean, at all. No
1: offense to Ty Sheridan. I mean, owl offense to Ty Sheridan, he's not, he's not, he's not good. <laughs> no, at all.
0: No. It's made me want like them to cast like Barry Keogh or something because they have the same kind of scrunched up face. And I'm just like, oh, I just want a guy with energy. I want somebody that has, like, a little bit of energy and not this guy. Um, Some things happen. Um, I won't spoil it. Um, But needless to say, William kind of gets brought back into... um, We get brought back into his memories, into his feelings of being an Abu Ghraib in the the shit that he went through. He has, like, nightmares, sequences and all that. Um, And the way that Paul Schrader shoots them is... um, fantastic he uses this kind of um it's it's almost like a reverse fishbowl so the the things they like s- fisheye or they start out like rounded like a fish like a fisheye yeah fisheye but then they go in so it almost seems like when p pe- so there's a couple of scenes where people are walking in the abu Ghra- in the prison um they're walking towards you and the the, the camera like splits and it seems like it's doubling, mm-hmm. but it's not doubling. It's just like how like
1: where it's rolling. And it's really it's really
0: disorienting. It actually,
1: it actually really leans into the reviews I've heard about this movie about like the director he was
0: Okay like, channeling. So um but it's inc- it's incredible. The score is by the bass player um from the Black Rebel Motorcycle. Robert Club. Bean? Robert Bean. Is fucking great. Scored by who was he uh, part of? What band? Uh, Black, Rebel, Black Rebel Motorcycle Club. Okay. So, um, and BRMC is one of those bands that I've been just I was around for their um, their first record. I saw them at the Tune In um, back when the Tune In existed, with just like me and Chris Serapiglia and a couple of other people. And they were and they seemed like one of those big bands. Like it seemed like so it was like the White Stripes and like the Strokes and like a couple of other new, shitty new york bands and then like out of nowhere like Black Rebel Motorcycle Club was playing like Jesus and Mary chain songs with like tons of effects and like really dark and really heavy and their first album fucking killed me um and I didn't realize that he did I didn't realize it was him until I looked it up and but it it works in the it works in a lot of the same ways as the Scott Walker score does it's really fucking really? dark it's really fucking heavy but there's he's writing original songs for it too Which is like a very Scott Walker thing. And they all fucking work. They all work. This movie is really small and really self-contained. Very independent. I think one of the great things is the title sequences. There's like three title cards of just like a list of executive producers. So clearly like he was... On his hands and knees, begging for some money to get this movie made, especially because he—I fi- mean—he finished it during COVID. So he added yeah, yeah. on top of an independent film, a Paul Schrader movie. He had to do COVID testing. to produce this one. I didn't see his name, but I also wasn't like looking super hard. Um,
1: Martin Scorsese did. Um, no,
0: I do not. But it's—I'm it's, really, I'm really excited to drop the bomb. It's incredible. Drop it. The reviews. drop it. Drop uh, it.
1: The reviews I've heard this movie call it the best Robert Bresson film ever. No. It's like very. I just heard Robert Breton.
0: What what is what is just like just Brisson-ish like Brisson ish
1: about this? The intimacy is what I. Have, all the reviews I've heard about it, and like when I was gonna try to watch it tonight, and I didn't, I wasn't able to get to it. It was like said like the intimacy of it and the the closeness of it. Said it's like the perfect Robert Breton.
0: You know what I wouldn't say it was Brisson movie is because it's too Brisson, cynical. Sorry. It like hates stuff. Mm. Um, and Brisson movies. I mean, just
1: when we did Al Hazad Balthazar um, pickpocket was the one that everyone mentioned pickpocket
0: I guess yeah pickpocket makes a little bit of sense pickpocket kind of comes from it's more anthropological like it's just watching and and, and like witnessing mm-hmm. this is not watching witnessing it is fucking like in next judging year, yeah, yeah. and okay. it's not judging it, but it's judging in a different way because it's never judging William it's simultaneously it's judging a world that we never get to see so our re- only real um Interaction with that stuff is in memory. So it's hyper stylized and it comes like from the perspective of the person, like, you know, experiencing it. From like a 13 year old. So we don't. um, Excuse me. So we don't. um, We're not. It's not a witness thing. You're literally just hanging. You're just like sitting with William while he like ostensibly tortures himself. And then the great part about this movie, and which is one of the reasons I find it so satisfying, is that like when torture eventually comes in, it means something totally different than you think it's going to mean. And that's like, so when we talk about Candyman later, it reminded me a lot of Candyman in the sense of the people that get it, fucking get it. Oh, the people you, that don't get it. Are you saying I don't get Candyman? No, no. But I'm oh, saying geez. I'm saying like the, the people in the okay. movie, okay. not like the yeah. not like the people watching it, like the people in the movie. The people that don't get it in Candyman are fucking dead. The people that get it in Candyman tell everyone. Yeah. The same thing happens in this movie. If you understand what the fuck went on there in Abu Ghraib, it means something else to you. If you don't understand, you die. Hmm. and that's and it's like I didn't see it coming and it was one of those things where I was kind of like oh
1: got it so do you think I get it end of year for me at least is this what we brought up
0: I, I would think so. I don't really. I don't claim to understand where either of us are anymore in our appreciation of movies. This movie functions in the exact same way I that mean, First Reform functions. I Um we both, we both appreciate the same film. Right. Um, it, but it functions in the exact same way that First Reform functions. There's even a scene in it that reminded me, like, it's not a copy of it, but the meaning of it and the feel of it reminds me a lot of the laying on top of Amanda Seyfried, like, flying through the sky. <laughs> Flying through the sky scene, it's different, and I actually think it's a little better mm, really? because it's real. But it feels it, it's like the same type of thing.
1: It's it's expressing it's like that the artifice, same emotion, that weird sort of artistic artifice. Well, that... and it
0: does, but it's an organic, real artifice that exists on Earth, mm-hmm. and that they're interacting with in in like in reality. So it's not a fantasy. But it, to William, it feels like a fantasy because the other world he's living in is the complete, exact fucking opposite.
1: I'm excited S- to watch this movie in three weeks when it goes on demand.
0: Actually, I'm, so, I'm going to be very honest with you. Maybe we'll have this conversation now. You people are fucking up. Not like the distributors and stuff are no. kicking <laughs> themselves in the fucking balls.
1: I saw this movie in, with four people. I'm, I'm done. Okay? I, I, don't, I don't want to go to a the theater anymore.
0: But, the
1: like, why should I go to a theater? uh,
0: Why? You can't have, you could make, you would have made more money. I get it. I get it about, like, the theater experience and all this other stuff. If it's all about making money, though,
1: you would have made so much more money putting this stuff on demand. I have a 60-inch TV downstairs with a good sound system.
0: I forgot, Mario, that I have a projector at home. When Dune comes out,
1: I'm just showing this shit on my fucking wall. I'm not paying 20 bucks to go see Dune. You know what? I literally like looked up Card Counter. I was like, Card Counter streaming. I, I as I was looking up, I was like, I would pay forty fucking dollars to watch this at home. Yeah, pay- I don't. I don't want to go to a theater. I will pay a lot of money. Just so I can stay home and watch it. Well, and that's the thing. I
0: went to the theater because I needed be I needed a, to watch it. a literal escape, not just like escape into a movie, but just like escape into like a different experience. Yeah, yeah. And for, for a four person in the theater, that's pretty good odds. You know what I mean? Like that's it's almost like no COVID in that theater, and half of us were wearing masks. I, and assume, the people that I assume
1: there was three people in that theater, right? And the people that weren't wearing masks were sitting like I was sitting all the way in the back, and they were sitting all the way. I mean, in the when front. I saw Candyman in Criterion, I was one of two people. I took my mask off because the yeah. person was all the way in the back. I, I forgot. my.
0: I, the only reason I didn't take my mask off is because I forgot I had it on because I was so engrossed in the movie. Because masks don't matter? <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> um, but I would have watched it again or I would have watched it a couple of times if I had bought it on, on demand. And right. I would have paid $20 to buy it on, on demand because it's an awesome movie. And I realized that I've paid, a, I've paid money to purchase films – On demand, that I've not watched more than like the one time I watched. Like, apparently, I own
1: Waves. Remember Waves from a couple years ago? Right. I own that. Like talking about this, like the two movies I didn't see from the two episodes of this podcast we're going to do are the two movies that were only in theaters. Just because I'm done, I don't want to go to a theater anymore. Like it's, that's just. It's not like uh, it's it's an unnecessary inconvenience for me now.
0: Um. Yeah, and I think the problem is that it's good because it's going to come out maybe it'll drop tomorrow. You don't know. No. Because we know, and don't drops, know this if, stuff anymore. If it
1: drops tomorrow, I will... I mean, I'm not going to watch it this week because I have an AEW show to go to. But, <laughs> like, I will watch it. Like I like I'm saying, I would willingly drop $30 to this movie.
0: Candyman like, came out on Thursday. Why? Why did that just come out randomly on a Thursday? I, mean, I don't know. But it did. Because yeah. they're not stupid. Because it's 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 number four at the box office. But it's going down, and they're like, oh yeah, we can just trick Tom into who's wanted to see it, but who's not going to a theater to see it. The
1: main movie we're going to talk about in our next episode, whatever fucking garbage that is, got popular because of streaming. Like, that movie would not have been known if it wasn't for streaming.
0: Yep, would have disappeared. Would have disappeared.
1: But because of streaming, it's like huge. But I
0: think the same thing can be said about our next movie. If during COVID, Mario, this movie had All right, this only
1: man. come out... In, I literally forgot about this movie too. as we were talking
0: about it. If in COVID... And we got some pizza waiting downstairs. We should make... We'll make this... We'll tear into this super fast. I'm ready. Um, If in COVID times, which is now, this movie had only come out in theaters, nobody would have cared. It would have been a non-thing because you know what? It's not worth going... Like taking even a... A hundredth or a thousandth of a percent of risk to go to a movie to see this movie. But
1: it's kind of fun to do it because it's
0: so bad. But it's the perfect it's like a lifetime movie. It's
1: yeah, a it's lifetime movie It's like a whole lifetime movie. movie for Donald Trump fans.
0: Well, I don't even know if it's I don't even know if it's Trump that or it's something. A, it's a lifetime movie for like
1: no, it's, a lifetime, it's
0: it. a lifetime movie for people that are the same age as the person that made this movie who just kind of, like, want to feel nostalgic and just remember back in the day to when he fair, was really
1: handsome. I mean,
0: we should be careful.
1: He may be dead
0: by the time we release this episode. <laughs> or, or he may have had sex with a woman that was 70 years younger than he is. Or, no, no, that's not
1: true. He, she was only 60 years younger than he 30. is. 30... 39 years younger. I looked it up. Right. 39. Sorry. She was was 52. He's 91. What about the first one? Oh, no. Worse. (laughs) She's 39. She's 39. He is... He's 91. 52 years younger than her. She
0: was very interested. He would have died. Mario, do you think the people have not guessed which movie we're talking about? We're talking about the new Clint Eastwood <laughs> These stars joint. In a movie. Clint Eastwood joint Yeah, the new Clint Eastwood joint um, <laughs> Crime Macho crime I don't care what you name your cock Get in the back We go and I tell you, okay?
1: Look, the only place you're gonna go is the hospital
0: You get too angry It's not good for you You used to be strong, macho. I used to be a lot of things, but I'm not now.
1: Now, I'll tell you something. This macho thing is overrated.
0: Just people trying to be macho, show that they've got grit. That's about all they end up with like anything else in life you think you got all the answers
1: i'm mike Martha. and you realize as you get older you don't have any of them we all have to make choices in life kid you have to make yours name is macho like me very strong rooster whatever what's wrong with that nothing i wants to name this cock macho (laughs) it's okay by me okay here's here's my joke i was really excited to tell you so i come from elko nevada yeah it is a town of twenty thousand people. Mm Hmm. um you know a lot of old people live there they like to drink their mud coffee. Their mud coffee was good. Mm-hmm. One day, one of those mud coffee drinkers uh, sat down and made a movie. And that was fucking Cry Macho. This is like literally a 75-year-old Nevada man like got $20 million and made a movie. This, and But he's not 75-year-olds. He's 90 no No, I know. No, old. I know. <laughs> No, but Like a 75-year-old man made the movie. But unfortunately like, oh, well, we're sorry. We got to we got to get somebody else to make. Do you want to do a, you
0: want me to do a quick plot rundown? Right
1: no, no, I don't think we need to. Do any plot okay, right so now.
0: we'll I'll just do a real quick thing. Clint Eastwood plays Mike Milo who was apparently uh, like a yeah, cattle character name? Yeah. Wow. He was a cattle like uh he was rustler. a rustler whatever. He broke horses. He he did um rodeos and then Dwight Yoakam He pretended
1: that Dwight Yoakam was a good actor.
0: <laughs> Mario. <laughs> Mario.
1: <laughs> Holy shit. Dwight Yoakam, I, I knew Dwight Yoakam was a bad actor. I didn't know Dwight Yoakam was that bad of an actor. <laughs> I've at various times been... This is <laughs> this is one of the worst movies ever, right? I mean... He's, I he's listened a, to a
0: podcast with people that I respect today that all said that they, they enjoyed this movie. I have no idea what it is a, what about it they enjoyed. It's badly written. It's, it's not even it's, written. It's the worst. It it's been, hilariously yeah. written. It's horribly directed. The I mean it's
1: it's it's Clint Eastwood direct. But it's but it's
0: but it's bad. It's not no. even just like functional or workmanlike or utilitarian. No, no, absolutely not. It's
1: terrible. It's terrible. I mean, I'm not gonna shit on uh Eguardo Mignette or whatever playing Raphael. I mean, like, but, but he also stinks. He stinks, but like I'm assuming he's new to like acting. I hope. Don't you I hope, hope
0: haven't you when you were watching him act, didn't you hope the whole time that like That is the most Mexican kid ever, like, in reality. So his accent and the way that he, like, speaks English is not just some horrible fucking joke that he just kind of doesn't understand that Clint Eastwood is, like, making on him.
1: I I assumed it was. It's horrible. He's horrible. Everyone's bad.
0: I don't get it. Dwight Yoakam's really bad. Dwight Yoakam is so bad. Okay, man. Listen, you got me. I I'm trying to negotiate the release of this kid for um, so basically half of a half of a whatever. So Clint
1: Eastwood used to be employed by Dwight Yoakam. Now he's not employed by him because of drinking. Can we stop for one second? I'm going to stop you. You literally were talking for ten seconds. I'm going to stop you already. That opening
0: scene when Mike is like you did this, you did this. I'm like, he can't even walk! (laughs) He can't walk! Why are you just now releasing him from his job?
1: When he said, said, like, you drink, and I'm like, if he drank alcohol, he would die. He would die! But the best part about that whole scene is when it says 1979! Well, the entire movie takes place in the 70s. Why? Who cares? Because that's when the book was written.
0: No, but I'm just... It's it's like one of those things where, like, so, like, 1979, like, confused me,
1: because, like... It's just Texas. Could you imagine if Cormac McCarthy ever in this movie? Right. He <laughs> just had not done the counselor He's like, fuck it, I'm doing Cry Macho. <laughs> it's
0: it's all it's everything looks like old Texas. Everything looks like I assume nope, Texas it looks doesn't. right Every, now.
1: Everything looks like just like literally Texas two days ago. Right. That's what I mean. And I was I- expecting for a scene where Greg Abbott goes like, "Well, oh, you have a mask on. Take it off." <laughs>
0: And then you're like, "You're not Governor Young Greg Abbott, um, <laughs> <laughs> my boy, Greg Abbott." Mm-hmm. Um, Clint Eastwood is so old. Like no, making I, this a period
1: piece is like so, so disorienting because he was to bring to bring it yeah. back to something we mentioned earlier. Sorry. I watched it, I watched Sorry. Carl Reiner being interviewed by Norm Macdonald. Okay. Just old Carl Reiner. Yeah, Like, Carl Reiner, old as shit. Carl to... Reiner would tell us he was old as shit. Was he riding a horse? No, he was just sitting there. Okay. But, like, I watched that, like, entire episode. Like, Carl Reiner was like... Norm McDonald did some sort of bit where Carl Reiner was like, who wrote this? And I was like, Carl Reiner has so much more life in him Yeah, than fucking Clint Eastwood Absolutely. does in this movie. And Clint Eastwood beats up people a third of his age. I mean literally if we had been in Cry Macho, Clonis would have broke both of our necks. That's how that script would have worked. <laughs> he would have been like, <laughs> car like would goes like I, I step up to upon you, and I break his neck. And then I step up Tom Nolan and I also break his neck. And then but
0: if there was And a- then I and I just
1: look I look at the screen.
0: And I just shake my head. And then I look at there's a woman there and she wants to sleep, She literally her sleep. vagina
1: just drips liquid. <laughs> He can't even move. Why would any of these women... Oh, no. He can move. He can't move. No, we're both, up. We're both he's just doing like, it. He just, like, leans up. We're move. both doing the. <sighs> like he's been walking down, which
0: makes all of his coats seem like they're four sizes it's so, too
1: small it's, in the back. I, my review of this movie is this. It's pathetic. Oh, my this God. Yes, path- it's the perfect pathetic word. movie I've ever seen. Oh, it's and so like, bad. I mean, it's not even bad. It's just sad. I just, like, watch this going, like oh my god, I hope I die, like, at 75. Yeah! Like, I drink, so I will not make it to... But then I realized, like, Clint Eastwood also drink, and so I should drink more, I guess? So, like, I, I know, die man. earlier? I mean, the conversation now is, like, is this is his last movie? And I guess, like... No, it's not. It's, I, he's going to direct something. He's going to direct, like, five more movies.
0: I just assume he'll do... I'm assuming... I can for sure say he'll do one. And he'll direct it. He won't star in it. Is, what the fuck is this movie, though? But my problem is, is when you watch this... I think the problem with this movie is that when you watch this movie and you watch him trying to, to act in it,
1: he looks decrepit. Like, in an in, insane way. That's, that's, that's a nice way of putting it.
0: I just assume a director of a movie
1: can't be this. You can't function this way. I mean, Ridley Scott is doing two movies this year, but Ridley Scott Scott is not in his movies. But Ridley Scott and Ridley Scott has so much energy and is like and an mm, army
0: of CGI like people behind him that like I think he probably doesn't shoot. It's not as it's not an activity in the same way that it is for Clint Eastwood. I just have to assume that whatever movie Clint Eastwood makes next is going to star a bunch of non actors because he wants. His ego is such that he wants total control of them, um, and it's gonna be it's gonna be badly directed. We're not even gonna get something like we're not even gonna get like the mule, which I didn't even see. No, yeah, yeah. or um, uh, we're not even gonna get a Sully. He's not capable Sully of doing. Was, but that's, what fine, yeah. but that's what I'm saying. We're not even gonna get a fine Mario because he's half dead. Yeah, this is... And so he just can't do it. And I guess he's allowed to do whatever he wants. This one bums me out. This movie's
1: fucking sad. And you it, mentioned that. And now that I'm talking about it, out. I'm kind of... I hate to make fun of it, but, like, it, it is sad. Like, it is... But you know why we're
0: making fun of it? Because there are people that are giving this movie, like, three and a half stars. Glenn Kenny gave this movie three and a half stars. He's like, this movie is about nothing.
1: Glenn Kenny also thinks he'll be dead before Brett Kavanaugh is dead. Right.
0: But he was... I mean, Glenn Kenny
1: said in his music, this
0: movie is about nothing other than what it's about. And it's like, well, this movie is not about
1: anything. Which is true. But what it's about, it's sad. Yeah. It is Because it's about getting really, really, really old and pretending that you're not. I mean, I watch... I'm going to be honest. I watched this movie and got sad because I was like, this is my future. Maybe I like looked at it, and I was like, "That's that's how I watch this movie." I was like, "I'm eventually going to get to that age and think like I can do something." Mm. And like, and no, I guess you can. No, no shitting on like like Clint Eastwood, 91 years old. Congratulations, you. Most people don't make 91 years old and make movies and do what you do. Mm-hmm. But watching it, I was just like, it was I... tough. You're I'm right. Sad. No, you're I'm right. I was sad. Yeah, you're right. Like I, I, I'm joking with it, but I was like, I was really depressed watching this. I was like, this fucking guy doesn't realize what's happening.
0: Yeah, he doesn't know how bad this movie is.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I keep thinking about. I keep trying to
0: figure out like the worst scene in this movie. And... All of them. Well, all of them. But I think the worst scene for me is when...
1: No, the worst scene is where they're at the border and Dwight Yoakam's sitting in the background and then fucking Clint Eastwood's just, like, rubbing that chicken so hard. Why is he rubbing that chicken so no, hard? So dep- the chicken doesn't want to be rubbed that the hard. The two
0: saddest scenes are because I don't think he can not rub it that hard. The two saddest scenes are the scenes, like, both scenes in restaurants where he's the one after, like, when... Rotho decides that, like, who am I? He decides to have a who am I conversation right when the the guy yeah, comes yeah. and thinks. would can't even unroll a dollar. Like, his hands aren't even functioning enough to, like, that fucking, get money
1: out. That fucking, like, last scene where, um... What is that character's name? Where, like, where him and Rotho, like, get drove... Like, driven off the side mm. of the road. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what the character's name is. Sure he has a name, I don't but know. But fucking like name. they can't do anything but it's it's led to look like Clint Eastwood's characters in a solid position. Mm. I'm just watching this going like, no man, come on. Well
0: you watch the whole movie and then you get to the you watch the movie up to the point where he like starts breaking you, horses again and then you like they show like some stunt double on a horse and you're like that I'm not suspending my decision. He would fucking break in half did if he was you riding not, a horse.
1: I, like the second like um, Ratho's mother like tried to hit on Clint Eastwood. I was like, no, like I just don't. Well, his know. response is like classic
0: Clint Eastwood like quippiness. He's like, "This is a job that's
1: not going to get done
0: tonight," and you're just like, "Dude, I, I, why is this I, I sat, in here?"
1: I sat there. I sat there looking at that, going like, "When I was five years old, Clint Eastwood was 61. I was five years old. When and he was, was still doing that stuff. And yeah, it was, which seemed it weird back been then. Fine. It would have been fine, though. Like, had 61-year-old Clint Eastwood said, like, uh, we're not going to fuck you tonight. But, like, 91-year-old Clint Eastwood sitting there going, like, uh, I'm doing my thing. I'm like, stop it. Well, I think back it, to, like, like, movies like In the Line
0: of Fire. Was it In the Line of Fire or Absolute Power with the Rene Russo? Uh.
1: And they're like, that's, that's in, the yeah. fire, they're like in the Line of Fire. Yeah, and they're like flirting with each other. In the Line of Fire is great. In the
0: Line of Fire is fantastic, but it's still we talked about it
1: on podcast,
0: right? And it's still weird though. Is
1: that In
0: the Line of Fire? It's one of those movies. Yeah. I mean, and I love both. Actually, I love both of those movies. I like, I like Absolute Power a lot. Um, it's one of those movies that, like, if it's if, it's In the Line of Fire, yeah. if Cable existed still and Absolute Power was on and we were in like one of the house breaking into scenes, I would be like, all right, I'm here. I'll stick this out because it's great. Um but it's it's he's been doing this shit for fucking years. He, he and can't he can't it was, do it anymore. It was kind of okay because he used to cast women who seemed they were definitely not as old as him, but they definitely seemed like more mature people. That scene with Rafo's mother is gross. Raff, yeah, it's, and it's, it's not even just from like a a pervy standpoint, like I think it's sad in the way that you think that he thinks that like this is acceptable somehow. Not like a ninety-year-old guy having sex with like a thirty-year-old woman, or even a thirty-nine-year-old woman, but like that it's necessary. Like he's still operating in this really super old-school I mean, way of like being like this is how this the, man would
1: act. The, the the bad point of this is like I could see a really good movie with a ninety-one-year-old man is tasked with like finding a kid and like he's just trying to like stumble his way through. I could see a movie working out that well. Yeah. But like it
0: is gross. And the having why not make this movie and have the in like subvert the novel and have the kid be in charge of like everything. But he won't he won't he, let go. Yeah, no. He the kid, the kid gets this. his
1: shit kicked in by 91-year-old Clint Eastwood. The guy, he, Clint Eastwood smacks him in the face even before they start fighting. The second, yeah, like, the mm-hmm. second he smacks him in the mm-hmm. face, he's like, oh, did you know? And I'm like, that kid would fucking break every single one of your bones. Without even trying. Just pushing him down. You know, he, would just, he would tap you on the shoulder and he would just shatter. It's, I don't know. It's, it's sad. I, I, I don't like laughing at it, but I have to laugh at it. because like, He put it out. Well, because he put it out, and he also, you know, has shitty opinions in general about yeah, life in I, general. Yeah, and I think
0: it's it's easier for me, I think, with him. That's an interesting way, maybe, like, spot to end it, is that I think it's um, it's easier, I think, to forgive some of those opinions in him because I'm so attached to, like, him as an artist, and mm. his opinions aren't necessarily, like, they're not, he's not, like, you know, I guess to go to like someone like Hannah Gadsby or something. He's not like Pablo Picasso, or he's not like a, a rapist you know what I mean he no. just has shitty conservative opinions that I disagree with so it's easy for me because of stuff like Unforgiven because of stuff like the surgically, like the spaghetti western stuff because of In the Line of Fire and Absolute Power and like a bunch of these and you know Mystic River Blood, Blood Work.
1: I really love but but
0: like and even something like I, I have a lot of affection for even while understanding while it's the, yeah. why it doesn't work like Million Dollar Baby um, like he's can make that guy can make a fucking movie he can act, he can direct. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And so but he's just like it's over. He's so committed it's, to like his, his mythology. Right. And, and just like be over it. But don't isn't the problem like, Mario that, that this a, mythology that is taking a hit with stuff like that. That's this. what's that's what the bummer. Like if he had given up on his mythology and like could he could still make a fucking movie. Right. Like if he had just been like, I mean, I hate Bradley Cooper, but if he had just pretended Bradley Cooper was him. Like imagine Bradley Cooper in Cry Macho, it works. Yeah,
0: make him an actual drunk, like a super drunk.
1: Yeah, like non-functioning drunk. Right? Yeah, but like but like a but like a guy, somebody who's not his age, but somebody who's like younger than him. Mm-hmm. You know, and if, have Brad, him, if Brad, we hate Bradley not, Cooper on this podcast, well, we we may love Bradley Cooper. I don't know.
0: That's true. Uh, this may but be like, the year but where I like if, turn.
1: If Cry, if Cry Macho had well, Cry Macho. <laughs> Shut up man It must No Cry <laughs> Macho is the Much better Much
0: better movie But if Cry so Macho had,
1: had had Bradley Cooper We probably Would have Appreciated it more.
0: Well think about Just inserting Bradley Cooper Literally into the would role Not doing anything But making him More of an alcoholic You know When the When the younger Cry woman Mujo. When the younger woman Hits on him Well there's uh, That uh, uh, attaches itself To like a great joke Which is not a joke In this movie <laughs> Where at one point Like um, When the The woman has the goat and like, Clinius was looking at him, he's like, yeah, someone, someone did it. And he's like, the kid, like, says to the woman, like, no bien. And then, like, he's like, oh, yeah. and he sees, like, the deputy in the background, and he, like, <laughs> looks at him, and he's like, oh, I think we could fix him up. And he's like, bien. And it's like, what is What is this? What kind of movie is this? Yeah, it absolutely. almost seems like you wanted to be Cry Mucho because it's just so fucking stupid. Um,. But if you just put Bradley Cooper in literally every single situation here with the younger, with Rafa's mother, it makes better sense. Even with the, even with like the grandmother character, knowing that she's like not quite sixty, like the idea that like somebody, Bradley Cooper's age, would might kind of fall into like a relationship, the, a, the a, charisma, a, right? Yeah. And a, like he needs someone to care for him, and she needs like a man to care for. And he's seen some some his the times he's seen he's seen have been so rough yeah. that it's almost like he's they're the same age without with him being younger you know what I mean like his experience yeah, yeah, over ages him it works on so many other levels and like the way when if he beats the shit out of a kid it's not like. Because of magic, like in this movie, it's because of
1: it's because, <laughs> because he's, he has some like physicality. It's
0: because and because he's angry and yeah. because he's like confused and out of control and stuff like that. Because he lost his job for a real reason, this movie makes no sense. But I think the thing that's saddest about it, like the more we talk about it, it almost seems like the work of somebody who's like experiencing a little senility. You know what I mean? Like it's, God, I agree, it's crazy. Some of the stuff that happened in this movie is fucking crazy. And not in a way that's like interesting. I in mean, a way that's just kind of like if your <laughs> if your grandfather or your dad was saying that to you, like if twenty years of our dad's yeah, are no, saying somebody, stuff
1: like that, like that he says to Rafa in this movie, you'd be like, Somebody always made the dad, joke about like Clint Eastwood yelling at the chair with um mm-hmm. Barack Obama. Yeah. And this is the first movie where I was like, Yeah, I see it. Mm-hmm. It just it 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 felt sad. Like I, I hated watching this movie because it was like Every single film from Clint Eastwood before this. Um, I mean, I didn't see The Mule either, but, like, with Sully and with all the, like, that filmography up until, like, Gran Grand Gran Torino's, the last, like, Did you film, see Richard Jewell? No. I didn't see it. Uh, last film of his where I, like, paid attention. But that was, I mean, Gran Torino's awful. It is. But, but I like, think it's, it's... But it's... Trying to it's do controlled. something. Yeah. Yep. Um, it has a purpose. Yeah. But... And Sully is what after that I, yeah. I default Soli. Mm-hmm. Like since then I I just look at this film. and I'm like, he's like, is this an old man just yelling at clouds? It's over. Yeah, I think it is. It's over, and I think it bums me out. And I, I'm, but I hope it bums me out because like it ruins like my number fifty. Like yeah, good and the bad, and the ugly is my number fifty. And I, I sit, I, I sit there and go like, is it my number fifty anymore? I think it's... I actually think it's like it, it kind of no I'm I'm going to be honest like the one thing is like yeah his doing films is kind of ruining it mm. like he just keeps doing movies and I'm like I'm done like I I'm it's over hard. This. It's hard.
0: And because uh, you know what and there's this is a musician thing too. Like the the musicians that keep making music way past like their... not even their prime. Even Nick Cave? No, not definitely not Nick Cave <laughs> because that guy is transitioning <laughs> into something really interesting. But like you know, I just and I don't want to cage. dump on—I don't want to dump on like British conservatives, but like Van Morrison, it's enough. Morrissey, it's fucking enough. Like you, Morrissey's been enough. For and I'm—and I'm not just picking on Armand White here or in his favorite artist. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I'll even go to like something like the Rolling Stones. Every time the Rolling Stones say they're going back on tour, I just kind of cringe because those guys were old, like old, like twenty years ago. And now Charlie Watts is dead, and not—he wasn't dead because of like. He drank himself to death, and, and maybe he had like a, uh, maybe he had cancer or something like that. But he was also got to eighty. That's, he that's was also eighty. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like it's not one of those things where you're just kind of like, oh, I wonder what happened. You're like, no, like he, he was got 80. To eighty. He just died. Yeah, yeah. Um, because he didn't live an easy life. You know what I mean? He spent all that years on the road. Oh, he definitely drank. Right. He spent all and he drank, and he spent all those years on the road. Twenty years after that, he should have been spending all those years on the road. And listen, even at that time, it was still twenty years like after he should have been spending time like the Rolling Stones haven't been relevant like musically relevant for 40 years but they still dragged themselves out yeah. there like all the fucking time and did that not take a toll on them sure it did and guess what i've seen i saw the rolling stones in 2000 and they were fucking terrible and the, the but the thing that nobody saw or the <laughs> thing, the thing that like everyone ignores is that like guess what they had behind screens on stage extra musicians like you know Charlie Watts was probably, like, actually playing the drums, but I'm actually probably willing to bet he wasn't. That there was, like, a backbeat that was, like, behind him that was supporting him. And like there's, nobody,
1: there's nobody to support Clint Eastwood. It's just Clint Eastwood just, like, slamming his head <laughs> against drums. And
0: and you know what's weird about this movie is that it seems like he made a choice that that's the case. So he could I have cast... I don't think he did. No, but think, he could I have cast a real actor to play Dwight Yoakam's part. You know what I mean? He yeah. could have cast a real actor to play... Rapho's part. Could have done it. Even even if he was intent on playing this character, he could have yeah. cast some actual actors to play some of the supporting roles. He cast all non-actors who are all actors or who all claim to be actors. The women
1: are okay, but like Yucum's like the one of the worst performances I've ever but seen. There's in my that life. scene.
0: One of the other scenes that I find horrifying is after the, like he knows the sign language scene where like he reveals that he mm-hmm. knows sign language. There's this awful like exchange of looks where Clint Eastwood goes back and forth between him and the grandmother like six times and every single time I think it's the same image of the grandmother just kind of like tilting her head and like smiling like beaming at him. It's just kind of like why? What are you doing? Like cut away from her. Like we get it. Like she's beaming at him. Why do you keep having to start like and just you just keep doing it over and over and over, and that's the thing. Even in the editing process, no one was like, "Hey, Clinton, this doesn't work. Maybe just cut two of these back Unless and forth out." It to him. Right. Um, but yeah, that's a bummer. And like, we're gonna talk in a couple. We're gonna talk in a couple minutes about. We're gonna we're eat gonna some, some, we're food. some
1: food, and, and then we're gonna talk record about... another
0: episode. We're gonna talk about bummers. We're gonna talk about cool stuff. We're gonna talk about stuff that people think is really cool. And We're gonna think talk about things that are super fucking cool that become bummers is what we're going to do. Um, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm
1: excited too. I think it's going to be a good episode. If you're excited, you can tweet us at FilmPivotal.
0: Or you can send us an email at PivotalFilmPodcastGmail.com, which I'm pretty sure no one's ever done. Yeah, they do. But we're That's still fun. saying it. Yeah, yeah, we're Or you can go right, to right. PivotalFilm.com and see a list of the movies on our Pivotal Film list and how to subscribe to our podcast and like a, it's a link to our Twitter account, which we also don't post on. Um... You know, until we're we're, co- we're gonna come back in a couple. I should, I should start, either tweeting. Next week I should or start
1: com- tweeting soon. I know, That'd me too. Fun, you know. I should also. I thought about that. I don't, right, what else am I doing? I'm going to see a 19,000 person wrestling show in two days. I sh- might as well tweet. You should do like a before and after. Like have don't have COVID. Be like
0: <laughs> wrestling fan coughed very in my much, mouth. Have, very much have COVID. Wrestling fan <laughs> coughed in my soul. <laughs> have COVID. Um, but we'll be back in either uh, uh, a week or two weeks. Uh, maybe we'll space them I out. I don't know. You. The best part about the horror stuff, and I was thinking about this, is that like the horror horror is I'm eternal. So excited! It doesn't if even it doesn't matter when we post. You don't know it, how, it's how all excited relevant. I am to do a horror show. But it's gonna be great. Um, but yeah, watch movies and drink beers, and and uh, we'll talk to you when we talk to you. Thanks.